0: Well, hey, it's good to see you uh, this morning, and as we look at some life verses uh, through the summer of our staff and elders uh, this morning, um, it's, it's my crack at it. I get to share with, with you uh, a life verse of mine that's, that's been for a while. Before I do, uh, I think one thing I failed to mention, note those cards there in the back of, of the seat in front of you that we ask you to fail out if you're a guest or if you have prayer requests. At the end of our service, we're going to have a time of, of worship and communion and also the giving of our, our gifts. One thing we'd love for you to give is, is that card. If you're a guest with us this morning, you can give it in the plates up here or in the back. So I just want to make sure I mention that. Um, but this, this summer months, we're going through what may be called like, like your go-to verses. Uh, maybe you have a life verse, uh, a verse or maybe a section of scripture that uh, you've remembered, maybe you've memorized uh maybe it is your life first because of circumstances you've gone through and maybe a friend gave you this verse to help you through a time or or maybe you just were reading one day and you're like oh man that's good and and you've just kind of held on to that and remember that or maybe you sat in a conference or you uh, heard a verse one time and you're like man that's just that's just meant a lot to me and and so we 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 probably, for the majority of us, maybe have those verses, um, those, those go-to verses, those verses we remember um, that we go back to when things get rough, when we need exhortations, or maybe we get off track, and and these are verses to help encourage us to get back on track. And so this morning, I, I want to share with you a, a life verse of, of mine, and uh, if we can put Isaiah 26, 8, the version I gave you up there. So this is... This is uh, Isaiah 26a, and, and so this is not the same version we read, okay? In fact, this version, I think, is the joining of two versions, okay? And so this is the way I remembered the verse, okay that, that when I encountered it, and I'll tell you when I encountered it, but it's, it's this. And so you see it there in the NAS, it's a little different, but Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we eagerly wait for you. Your name, your renown is the desire of our hearts or our souls. And So um, I remember back in, in 1998, um, I had just finished an all-nighter, okay? Um, and so that sounds kind of interesting. You're like, an all-nighter, what did that mean? Because I was in college, Okay. Okay, you're waiting. All right, so here we go. So it was an all-nighter. I was a student pastor, and so one of the things that evidently uh, student ministries and, and, and youth love to do is to stay up all night, right? And so it was a New Year's Eve celebration with our church, and so I was a student pastor at the time. And so we had an all-nighter. It was January 1st at, at Mr. Gaddy's where they had, like, the cinema, and everything. I, I think it was off like 183 or something like that. I don't really remember. But anyway, we were, we had the whole place for the whole night. And I'm like, whose idea was this? And so, and then I was leaving that afternoon with a, a friend of mine who wasn't going to the same conference that I was going to. But I had signed up to go to a conference called the Passion Conference down in Austin. So we were going to leave that afternoon. And both of us had gone to this all-nighter. So that was real wise. So anyway, we... Uh, we're signed up to go to this. He, he actually wasn't. He was going down for, to Austin for something else. But uh, I was going down to this conference called the Passion Conference. And so I was just attending the conference by myself. And here I was, just a few minutes away from graduating from Dallas Baptist University. I was, I was serving at First Baptist Carrollton just down the road as a student pastor. And so I go to this conference, and I remember sitting in my chair, and so among thousands of, of college students, and this guy come up on stage, and he had like this twill, like twill or wool, I don't know what it was, some kind of uh, coat, right? I wasn't really familiar with those, but still not. But so he wore this, and he had a tie on, and he came up, and he was kind of older, right? Because I was like 22, I think, at the time, and so I was like, oh, goodness. I thought I was going to get to hear Louis Giglio and all these kind of hip, cool guys. And so here's this older guy walking up to the stage, and I'm like, oh, great. And so he starts, and then I just start, i notice I just start inching up on my chair as he just kept talking. And so, I, by the way, I, at the end, I was like, man, who is this guy? What's his name? Because I just am taken by what he just preached on. And then I read, I was like, oh, John Piper. I was like, wow, pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, maybe this older guy's not too bad. And so, I remember by by the end of the weekend, I had bought like this this big like plastic thing that had cassette tapes in it to galore a, on the teaching of the supremacy of God in all things. And I remember on the way home from that conference, making my buddy listen to all these right. And saying, you got to listen to this dude, right? And he was saying things like, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And he was saying things like, the cross is not for you, but for the glory of God. And things. I mean, it's just all this stuff where i have just, just like, man, this is, this is good, this is good. And, and it was during that conference where uh, the life verse just, just, just stuck with me. Um, and it was Isaiah 26.8. It was this one. And they taught on it. They sh- they shared about it. Uh, and so, so much so that I even I even got a sweatshirt that weekend. I got a sweatshirt, right? Not a t-shirt. I got a sweatshirt because it was cold, right? And so I got a sweatshirt. I, it's so it's vintage now, right? It's vintage. So it says Passion ninety eight on the back. It says two six eight. That's Isaiah twenty six eight. Our souls desire. And so uh, you will find me in this when it starts turning winter time, almost every morning, right? And, that, and when I get my coffee out, and I get reading, or if I just want to be warm, right? I, I wear my Isaiah 26.8 sweatshirt. It's my go-to, right? It is, I think, yeah, and, and it, Annette, I think <laughs> Annette sometimes has to find it to wash it, right? <laughs> it's one of those sweatshirts. You guys maybe have things like this. So some of you guys, you, you men may have carnigans or something you turn to. I turn to my Isaiah 26.8 sweatshirt. So I even... My life verse, even as a sweatshirt, so it's great, all right. Maybe you too can have a life verse sweatshirt, all right, all right. But Isaiah twenty six eight. I, let me do this real quick. Let me give you some context to this because I don't just want to throw out a verse and then not have uh, some surrounding or some some meaning to the background of what's going on here. And so uh, in Isaiah, y- you have the prophet Isaiah. That's who he is. Who is who is speaking to. The people of God, he, he, he is uh, the prophet to the Israelites, um, to both <laughs> the unbelieving and to the believing people of Israel. And so I want you to look, look at Isaiah 26, verse 1. He says this, he says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah, right? In our culture, in our day, music is a big deal, right? It, it's amazing how... How our, our music quality has, I, I believe, gone down over times, but, but music is a big deal. S- songs mean something, they, or, or they should. They have meaning to them, all right? Uh, songs we've sung this morning, they have deep meaning to them, right? Songs mean something. And so here, um, Isaiah is, is talking about a song that is going to be sung, and he says, in that day. Now, what day is he talking about, Right? In the, is he just talking about some random day? No, he, that day is the day when he um, expects and hopes that, that the Messiah, the long-awaited one, right? we know him as Jesus, Jesus Christ, will return and there will be a new kingdom set up, right? In, in the redeemed land, in the new land, in the new Jerusalem. And so he is saying in that day, This song will be sung in the land of Judah. There will be a song sung, right? And and so what he's about to declare here uh, is this song will be sung in the future. But it's not just for the future. His heart, his desire is that there would be a people, a generation that, yes, would sing that in the day to come, but before then would sing it now, would sing it today. And so this is interesting. This is a song for the future, but it's also a song that he hopes and desires is sung by the people of God today as well, as well. So when does he write this? We're reading right here something written um, in 8th century B.C., okay? And so this is nearly 3,000 years ago when, when this is declared, and so he is speaking to the people. Isaiah will speak words of judgment throughout his book of Isaiah. He will speak words of warning. He will speak words of wooing. And what that means is calling people uh, to uh, walk in the truth, to, to trust in the Lord. And so he he does that to the people of God. And And, and so when you think about God, God... is is God, it tells us, in Psalm 119, verse 90. He is a generational God, extending his faithfulness from one generation to the next. He is looking for a generation of people to passionately stand for him. And that's what Isaiah was looking to and also hoping for in the now. In the now. And so... um, Jonathan read the song for us, right? He read the song. And so what I want to do is really pull out for us what I believe is um, the heart cry, the, the, the heart of the song, if you will. Uh, and that's Isaiah 26, 8. And so let's, let's look at that this morning. We're going to divide this up in four parts, okay? Uh, four parts. And, and the first part is real simple. And, and, and that's the first point, right? Keep it simple, right? He says this, yes, Lord, right? Yes, Lord, okay? Now, now, who's he saying yes to? He's saying yes to the Lord. Who's, who's the Lord? Who, who would we, we refer to as the Lord? It's, it's God, right? It, and he's speaking here of, of what we would use as a Hebrew word for God, Yahweh, Right, it it is the one who is and always will be. He's the eternal God. He's the one who's created all things. He put, he's put the stars in place. He put uh, the big star in place, the sun. He he put the moon in place. He he created you and I. He put the breath in our lungs. And so he is saying that we are to say yes, Lord. And so who does the New Testament declare as the Lord? Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ. He is the Lord, and so he's saying here. Yes, Lord. They will sing a song. This generation who loves God will sing a song, and they say, yes, Lord. And so that's the call for us, to keep it simple, to say, yes, Lord. We really have an option for some different responses to the Lord, right? We can say, no, Lord. But that doesn't really make sense, does it? If someone's Lord of us, we say no to him, right? We can say no. We can say maybe, right? But what Scripture is saying is the one answer that we are to give to the Lord is our yes. Is our yes. And if you think about it, every day we have the opportunity to say yes, Lord, throughout the day. Throughout the day. It doesn't mean it will be easy when we do. If you Think about it. What are the reasons why we don't say yes to the Lord? To do things that he's calling us to, to live a way that he's calling us to. Maybe because we're Fearful. We're afraid of, of what that might mean if we say yes. It may cost us too much. may cost our reputation. It may cost us what other people think of us. We may not have that cool factor anymore. I know some of us, we don't care about that anymore. right? I kind of fall into that. Um, but, but it may cost us our reputation. It, it may cost us monetarily to follow the Lord and say yes to him. We have different reasons of maybe why we cannot do something for the Lord or why we cannot say yes to him or follow him. And we think about maybe how much I have to give up. Maybe I have to give up my schedule. Maybe I have to give up certain relationships. Maybe I have to give up certain behaviors that I've got accustomed to and I like, but I know I shouldn't like them or do them. But saying yes means... I move out of what is safe. Maybe I move out of what is routine, and I like that. Saying yes to the Lord means I have to step out of what's comfortable. And sometimes that's hard. We would hate to lose the comfort, the safety, but Scripture never calls us to safety. God never calls us to a life of safety. In fact, God calls us to be these Yes, Lord, people. And yes, Lord, people are brave followers for Jesus Christ who do not have a spirit of fear but instead have a spirit of overcoming. In fact, listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.7. He says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, right, Of, of fearfulness, but of power, love, and discipline. You see, that's a yes, Lord attitude. And so those who say yes are willing to pay any price. It's what Jesus said and what Jesus called to his disciples to. He said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. He must take up his cross daily and follow me. And so that's what yes looks like. It, it, it's a life that follows Jesus no matter what the cost is each day. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you think about it, that's where our relationship with Jesus Christ begins, doesn't it? It begins with us saying yes, right? Us trusting him, us believing in him. And so this morning, who are you trusting in? Who are you saying yes to? Who are you saying yes to? You see, the Israelites, the people that Isaiah was speaking to, is they struggled with trusting the Lord greatly. You see, they had a choice. They, they could either put their security in the nations, right? In other things, or they could trust in the Lord. They could trust in the Lord. Isaiah 26:3, if you go back up a few verses in the Bible, it says, "The steadfast mind of, uh, the, the steadfast of mine you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you." And that's a great promise. So what that means is those who say yes to the Lord, those who trust in God, they have perfect peace. That no matter what they go through, the circumstances of life that are hard, that are problematic, that are tough, the seasons of life that seem they like they overwhelm us, it says here that we can go through those times with perfect peace. Why? Because we are held by the God of the universe. Securely in his hand, those who say yes to him, who believe in him, and he rescues us from the wrath to come. And so we are his forever. So it leads to the question, what do we have to fear? What do we have to fear? And so Isaiah so longed for us to live a life that said, yes, yes, Lord. It's pretty cool. This past week, I got to have the opportunity, and it's a great blessing that I get to do this. But in our community that we live in, in the colony, we have a ministry called Young Life. and, And Young Life its its whole goal is is to reach kids, middle school and high school kids, who uh, do not go to church, may, maybe don't have a church background in their family, uh, kids that, that don't know Jesus, and, and to go to those kids and, and and to reach them. And so we do that throughout the school year. And some of you guys um, uh, help out with Carrollton Young Life, we have some in our, our church that do that, and uh, some have helped me out in the colony and us out in the ministry there, and so we're grateful for that. And so... Throughout the school year, we do what's called club, right? And it's just fun games. We tell kids about Jesus, and I love it. It, it has been a kick. And so, um, this past week, we went to what's called uh, so young life. Their ministry to middle school students is called Wildlife, right? And it it depicts every bit of that word, Wildlife. And so, uh, Wildlife Camp was this past week, and it, it is it is a blast. It's a blast, and. Now we took kids from from the colony and kids who I love and have got to know through life. My family loves them and uh and so they they're part of our just doing life with them because they go to our kids' schools and we see them in the community and stuff like that. and so what was so cool though at at camp is uh on the last morning, there were five kids that stood up and said yes to Jesus, right. And so four of them, it was their first time to publicly declare that they were saying yes to trust in Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. And I was just like, I mean, I just, that, that, that's just, that's such an um, overwhelming, cool experience. I love that. I love seeing these kids who are young and just making a stand and saying, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. There is no greater joy than that, saying yes, Lord. And that's where our relationship begins. Yes, Lord. And that's when we witness. That's what we're directing people to, right? We're, we're directing them to, hey, say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. And so what does that look like? Here's, here's the second part, right? Um, this verse says, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth. Okay, walking in the way of your truth. That's the second part, okay? So people who say, yes, Lord, okay, walk in the truth of God, and so that's the second part of of this text this morning. They live by the truth, and so people who say yes to the Lord, right, um, there is a life, there is an action, right, to following Jesus. In fact, James chapter 2 verse 17 tells us that faith, trust in Jesus, if it has no works, it is dead, being by itself, okay, and so this yes, this yes lifestyle, okay, is us following Jesus, trusting in Jesus, okay? And so if you think about this word for a second, look at Isaiah 26.8, I I think the idea is this. This is our prayer. Lord, we're gonna keep following you. We're gonna keep faithful to you. Even as things around us seem unsettled, trouble comes, rumors of war, Hurt, despair, problems. Lord, as all these things occur around us, we're gonna continue to trust you. We're gonna continue to walk with you. We're gonna continue to honor you. Though there may be obstacles, Lord, help us stay faithful and to walk in your truth. So how do we do this? How do we do this? I'll give you a couple things, right? And, and again, keep it simple. First thing is we fix our eyes on Jesus. How do we live by the truth? We fix our eyes on Jesus. We take our eyes off ourselves and we fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12:2 tells us to do that. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So it's not about what other people, okay? want from us or expect from us, but what does Jesus desire? So we fix our eyes on him. The second thing is we are in the word of God, right? We're in God's word. I think this is the number one way we fix our eyes on Jesus is we turn to his word. Because his word is more than just a book, right? It's more than just pages with words on it. This, this is the breath of God. This is God's wisdom, his, his word to us, okay? And this is for life. This is for everyday real life. And so the word of God says this. In John 17, verse 17, Jesus is praying to the Father And Jesus says to the Father, sanctify them by your truth. What does that mean? God, I want you to take them and to set them apart. I want want you to use them, okay, Um, for your purposes in the world. And so do that by your truth. Your word, God, is truth. And so what does that mean? Is that the word of God is what God uses to prepare you and I, to equip you and I, to be who God wants us to be in the world. And so we've got to be in the Word. We've got to be in the Word. In fact, Isaiah 66, verse 1 through 2, I want us to see this. It's up on the screen. Isaiah said this. This is what he says the Lord said. He says, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Is this the right one? Yeah. Uh, Where then is a house you could build for me? Is there a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But listen to what he says in the last part. He says, but to this one I will look. And so here's God of the heavens, God who made us, who numbers our days. He says this, this is the one I'm going to look to. So it gets, this gets personal. He says, to the one who is humble, contrite of spirit, who trembles at my word. That's who God's looking to, right? Right? He's looking for those who are humble, who live a life where it's not about them, but it's about God and, and his mission and his glory, and those who tremble at God's word. So what does that mean? People who, who read the word of God, but who also value it, who respect it, who revere it. There was a missionary back in the 1800s. His name was Adermayan Judson, right? He served in Burma, and his wife wrote, That the first convert, the first person that they had come to Jesus Christ, on the day of his baptism, the day that he got in the baptismal waters and was baptized before people there in Burma, the guy said this in response to the word of God. He was reading Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. And he says this, he says, These words, check this out, he wrote this, Take hold of my liver. I mean, you guys writing things like that in your journal. These words, as he was reading God's word, these words take hold of my liver, and they make me tremble. So this guy recently just followed Jesus, about to be baptized. He he write he says this as he's reading God's word. That was his response. I mean, how would you like that in a small group in your life group? One of the guys after you read a text, were like, "So, guys, what do you think about this?" And someone just raised their hand and says. This, this uh, grabs a hold of my liver. I d- use it, but it, but what I love about this is this guy was saying this affects me deep down. This affects it. This moves me, and see that's that's what the word of God does. That's what the word of God does. It, it moves us. It stirs us. It's what God uses uses. To make us what he wants us to be in this world for his sake. So, are you in the Word of God? You're in the Word of God? Maybe you need a catapult. Maybe you need a a jump start on that. And so, let me encourage you you can go online. You can read our online devotionals that are in the Psalms right now. Um, Or maybe a Bible plan. Some of you guys maybe have the Bible app. You can go find a Bible plan. Here's something real simple, and I I, I always like this. I I love to tell people, read uh, the book of John to kind of help you get started back up and take a chapter a day because it's about the life of Jesus and who he is. Um, So it's always good to do that. Third thing, look at this verse again. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we what? We eagerly wait for you. How many of you in here, when you hear that you have the opportunity to wait for something, you just get really excited. You get really excited. Man, you just, I can't wait to drive up to that drive through line of Chick-fil-A and there's 25 cars in front of me. I just can't wait to wait. I can't wait to go to the doctor, man, and and just wait. And what about the one? I, I can't wait to have the cable guy, you know, come to my house. That's overused. All right. <laughs> Are they really always two hours late, like they say? I don't know about that. Okay. So we, we are not people who like to wait. But guess what? <laughs> God calls us to wait. And I will tell you this. In a generation now where, and, and students, bear with me this on a second. I mean, how many of you guys would say this morning, I, I want things instantly? How many of you guys would be honest and say, okay, thank you, thank you, Thank you, thank you, oh, thank you, Jacob, thank you. I just had some of my kids respond to that. Uh, I will use that later, all right? I will, in parent techniques and tactics, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was great. We want things, inst- now, I, I just picked on them for a second, but let's be honest, adults, how, how, how many of us want things instantly? Yeah, we want things instantly, we want it now. We wanted it yesterday, right? If we're all honest with ourselves, we want things now. We want them now. So this idea of waiting, we read things like this in the Scripture, and we're like, wait on the Lord. It says, wait on the Lord. And, man, that, that's, that's not easy. But I want you to hear this, that, that God calls us to that, that we're be, we are to be a people who wait eagerly for him. But what is he meaning here? What, what does that look like? Okay, so, so I think what that means, Isaiah and the people of God, they, they desired for Jesus. At this time, they didn't know him by Jesus. All right, That would obviously be revealed later. But, but they were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the promised one. They were waiting for God to come and make things right. Because he had promised he would make things right. Okay. And so they were waiting for that. They, they were waiting for that day when those things would happen. And, and so we are to be a people who wait, but what are we waiting for? Right? We're waiting for what they were waiting for. We're waiting for Jesus to return. You remember the last words Jesus said to the church? He says this in Revelation. He says, Yes, I am coming soon. Right? So when we hear the word soon, and, and, and these guys too, like in the day of Isaiah, are thinking, it could be any day, and it could be. And that's the idea of what Jesus is saying. It could be at any moment, like a thief in the night. Jesus coming back. So here's the deal. Are we waiting for that? Are we expecting that to happen? Are we looking forward to that? Because here the here's the deal. What we wait for and expect or hope for, impacts how we live now. And I, that's what Isaiah was was speaking about. Because if our eye is just fixed on the instant now of what of things and things in this world, the pleasures of this world, uh, money, and 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 you name it, if that's what our world is about, then that's what we're going to live for. That's what we're going to live for. If our world is just about fame and being known and, and about our life and making our name great, then that's what we're going to live for. But something happens when we wait on the Lord and expect and hope and, and, and on, the, on the things of eternity and, and the things of the kingdom and the kingdom coming. That's what we're looking for. Guess what? We live for those things. We live for those things. This got a guy named Demas in great trouble because he, in the New Testament, there's not a lot said about him. But this guy Demas, he, he served with the Apostle Paul in, in the mission work of God. And, and then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, it tells us that the deceitfulness of wealth and the pleasures of this world choked Demas' life to where he quit serving the Lord with Paul. And that can happen. That can happen when we do not wait on the Lord. So what does waiting mean? It's expecting, it's hoping, it's trusting in the things of God. It's looking to the future, knowing that God one day is going to make things right, and he is going to come back. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return, and with him he will bring his new kingdom and new heavens. And that's where the people who say yes to the Lord here in this present day will live forever with God. Right? That's what we're hoping for. That's our destiny. right? So what does that mean for us now? So, so let me give you just this picture of, of what I think waiting looks like. I think there's one guy in Scripture that I think depicts the idea of waiting more than any. And his name is John the Baptist. Right? Crazy John the Baptist. Ate locusts. Right? He was kind of off the beaten path. Right? He would be the guy that had the sweatshirt from the conference 40 years ago and still wearing it. I didn't even put it in the washer. That would be John the Baptist, you know, you brood of vipers. You know, that's that guy. So John the Baptist, listen to what he said. And, And I think this, because what was John doing? John was always looking forward, right? He was always pointing people to what was to come. And who was it? It was Jesus. It wasn't just events, it was a person. It was Jesus. And you remember what he said in John chapter 3, verse 30. He says this to Jesus He says, You, Jesus, must increase, I must decrease. So here's what happens, I think, in the way of God, in the kingdom. When we wait for God, for his kingdom to come, and and our eyes and our life is fixed on that, on the eternal of what's to come. What happens is Jesus increases, we decrease. Now, here's the deal. We don't like that. Now, you might say, I'm all for Jesus increasing, but when I start decreasing, that's when it's a problem. I mean, just being honest, right? You think about it, a lot of our lives is about us increasing, Especially as we get older, things increasing, wealth, things we obtain, status, all those things, things start increasing. But John's life was, as he was fixed on the kingdom, Jesus increases, who I am decreases. That's what happens when we wait like Isaiah is talking about. And then lastly with waiting, Isaiah 66, or excuse me, Isaiah 64, verse 4. Listen to what the prophet says. He says, for from days of old they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen a God besides you. And listen to this last part, who acts in behalf of those who wait for him. You see what happens here? When we're trusting in the Lord, when we're hoping and waiting for him to come back, guess what? God is working on our behalf. What that means is, is all the energy and the strength that God has is available to us if we wait on him. And I'm not just talking about God meeting needs, okay? He will. But I'm talking about as we seek to live out the purposes of God, he gives us everything we need for that. Everything. And I, th- I think that's what the Holy Spirit does. Right? I think that's the Holy Spirit that we receive when we trust in Christ. We, he lives in us, and I think the Holy Spirit, when we walk in the fullness of God, I think that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us everything we need, all the strength and the power of God, he gives it to us. And then lastly, the fourth part, the last part of the sermon, listen to this. He says this, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we eagerly wait for you. And then he says, your name, God, and your renown, is the desire of our hearts, okay? So here's the climax of this verse, where where Isaiah is saying, those who say yes, those who walk in the truth of God, those who wait on God's return for him to come and make all things right, their greatest desire, the cry of their heart, is the name of God, and that it would be made famous. And so that gets thrown in the face of this world because God says this, Isaiah 42, 8, God says, I am the Lord, that is my name. He says, I will give my glory, my fame to no other. You see, there's a lot of people today that are famous. There's a lot of people today that have millions of likes. Lot. And I think the Lord sits back sometimes and says, "That's fine. I think he maybe, in at times I don't know if he does this, but I wonder if He says, "I am the Lord, that is my name. There is no other. I will give my glory to no other. Because ultimately, He is the greatest. There is none like Him. And that is to be our pursuit to make his name magnified. We, we can't make his name any greater. You can't add to the glory of God. God has not called you to follow him, to like carry him around like some billboard and say, I'm here to make God greater. No, you, you can't make God greater, okay? He is the greatest. In fact, here, here's breaking news. He doesn't need you. <laughs> he doesn't need me. He doesn't need me. If, if we think that, then we got to change that because God is not dependent on us one bit. One bit. But here's the great love of God is that he allows us to be part of making his name great in the world, to magnify his name, to, to tell the world, let me introduce you to the God of the universe. Let me introduce you to his son, Jesus Christ, who died for you. So that you could have life. And there is none like him. And you want to follow him. You want to be on his team. You want to say yes to him. Because one day he's going to return. And he's going to make all things right. And you want to be on the right side. You want to be with him. And you want to spend eternity with him. And until then, he wants you to make the name of God great. And his fame and his renown. Because what's renown? Renown is... Declaring that God is great, that that He is the famous one, right, and to let the generations know that. Um, in our family, we uh, we like we like to watch sports. Um, I think my wife now is a Golden State Warriors fan. After the finals, I think she's a Steph Curry fan. I think I don't know. Uh, so we like to watch sports. We especially like to watch playoffs and championships and stuff like that. I, l- I love to see like some of the final games. So recently we've kind of tuned into some of the uh NCAA College World Series games. And so the Texas Tech fans in the house, I'm sorry. Um but it's been been fun to kind of watch these these heroic uh walk-off wins by some of these teams. But it's just fun to watch, you see the crowd. And then right now the US women's world cup is going on in france and so i know some of y'all you know you're putting that on record and can't wait to watch the next game stuff like that so uh some of you are completely disinterested in fact some of you guys probably didn't even know what was going on but anyway it is going on because soccer is the best sport anyway so but i didn't hear an amen i thought i would hear one okay uh so so but but and people cheering for their country and, and especially the u s and stuff like that, and so but as a family, we love we love sports. we love especially watching our kids play sports, and some of you guys get that and know that, and you like that too, and we love cheering on our kids when they play sports. But when you think of this last part of this verse, I want you to get the picture of a stadium field. And maybe for you it's it's picturing. A game you went to one time, and, and, and people were just cheering for the team. Maybe it was a cowboy game or it was a ranger game, even though those are kind of few and far between. But, uh, or it was a, maybe a college sporting event that you were at. Um, for me, it's, it's like high school football on Friday night in the Colony, Texas. But you think of that, and, and you think of this verse, God, your name and your renown is the desire of our hearts. And what Isaiah is speaking about, he's speaking about passion. He's he's talking about a people that are passionate about God's name and and spreading his name, that the the knowledge of him among the earth. And so when you think about that game that you went to or you go to and you celebrate your team and everything like that, I think what Isaiah wants for the people of God is is that we would live a life in such a way as the people of God, as, as the church. That, that we would be yelling out the name of God through our life, just like we would maybe at a sporting event, you know, go Cougars or go Cowboys or go Red Raiders or whatever it is, or go Aggies. Whoop, I don't know about that. But, um, but you know what I mean? But here's what God is saying, and Isaiah is saying, be the people of God who are yelling out the name of Jesus and how great he is through our life, through the life that we live, that it would be heard from Carrollton to the Colony to Louisville to Flower Mound to Plano to Farmer's Branch throughout this state up to Kansas next week for those going on the mission trip to Lyon, France, to Serbia and Germany, to all the points, to the other parts of the world that, Through the people of God, the name of God and the renown of God would be known and heard. That's the kind of life he wants us to live. And it's a life that says, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we eagerly wait for you. Your name, your renown God is the desire of our hearts. All right, let's pray.